welcome. Welcome to our Sovereign Experience. This is the Sovereign East Podcast and you're probably viewing us as well too on our Sovereign Eats YouTube channel. So welcome Sovereigns. We want to welcome Lejeune Singleton today. And I'm going to introduce her and just ask her to tell us a little bit about, you know, just herself, her journey, and what she wants to share with us today, her message to us today. So welcome, Lejeune. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know we've had a hit or miss uh, for the last few weeks, but I am so glad to be here. So basically about me, um, I'm Lejeune Singleton. I am the founder and owner of Lejeune Singleton LLC, which is a fitness, health, nutrition, and wellness industry um, for me. I am a <clears throat> excuse me, board certified health coach, a certified health and wellness coach, um, certified cycling instructor, um, certified this, uh, personal trainer, mindset strategist, as well as a podcaster, as well as a speaker. Um, the reason I became so passionate about health, I always loved sports and athletic, but as I, in the last three years, I ended up, you know, being at my highest weight. I had a knee injury. I went from 120 to my highest of 192. Some people may say that's not a lot, but for someone who's always been small, that was a lot for me. And my mindset definitely was negative around that. It was negative when it came to money. It was negative when it came to job. It was so much negativity there. And I was feeling it in my knee. Like my knee was hurting. The pain was so severe. And your mindset controls where you're holding the pain in your body. So 2019, I went to a retreat in Bali, which was life-changing for me. Um, I learned that I was dealing with abandonment issues. I was dealing with trust issues. Um, just, you know, a whole lot of stuff that I was unaware of. My dad died when I was six. I was still grieving him. So I was actually able to release all that, forgive myself, forgive the people who hurt me, and be able to move forward. So after that, I realized the foods I was eating was causing inflammation in my body. Things that we don't realize because, you know, when we're working out and we're exercising, the first thing they tell you to do is eat, increase protein, increase protein. I'm doing chicken. I'm doing boiled eggs for breakfast. Those were the main sensitivities that was in my results of my food sensitivity test. I cut all of that out. Um, within a week or two, I was down 12 pounds of losing that inflammation in my body. And I realized, I was like, you know what? This is not just my struggle. It's other women's struggle, trying to lose weight, trying to become healthier. But they're dealing with a whole lot of their past that they have not resolved to move forward. So me being a busy career person, it's a struggle trying to go to the gym, trying to balance you know, your personal life, your family, things like that. It's like, hey, I know other women are suffering from this as well. I want to be able to help those women move forward to get to their ultimate lifestyle goal where it's mental, 
it's nutritional. And the fitness part is only 20%. That's very important because people think, oh, well, I want to work out. Okay, well, why hasn't your fitness been so successful in the past? Why hasn't your eating habits been so successful in the past? What's going on that's preventing you? Is it your work? Is it something from your childhood, relationship, past, things like that? So that's basically what what June Singleton LLC does is work with women, children, and families to move forward to become a lifestyle healthy, not just a diet, but a lifestyle change. And so, you, you know, talked about talked about the um, you know the fact that that experience the experience of being able to identify that there was emotional trauma from the past right that was affecting you um and impeding that shift and that change uh, can you how does that relate to mental health and you know Again, I mean, there's a direct connection, of course, but how does that relate to mental health? I know last month was really mental health month, and that was a really important topic for you. And, uh, you know, I wanted to know how do you work with others and how do you know, like, what is your perspective on mental health and how it fits when it comes to adjusting or dietary lifestyle or nutritional lifestyle, overall lifestyle as well? So when it comes to clients, I definitely let clients know I'm not a therapist. I'm not a licensed counselor. So if it's something that's so in-depth that they can't overcome, I always recommend you need to seek a therapist. The therapist, the counselor, and myself can work together with helping that person overcome their past. Um, The past does take a huge toll. Personally, for me, before I gained the weight, when I was younger in high school, I was anorexic. Like I would eat maybe a small amount of meals and I would literally sleep all day. So because sleeping, you don't have to eat. So I went through that and I was like a zero, a two and a four. Those were the sizes that I was wearing. Um, because I come from a family who suffered from obesity, chronic health illnesses, and things like that. And that was my thing. I was struggling with, I didn't want to be fat. I was struggling with grief. I was struggling with molestation. I was struggling with, you know, not being truly happy with myself. So those things are important for people to really sit back and see what's going on with themselves mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Because, you know, for me to actually point out, yeah, I I was suffering from anorexia. I was, you know, I, and it was a struggle when I did have, you know, pre-obesity. It was like, okay, (laughs) I went from this to now, you know, my largest size was a size 12. It's like, what? (laughs) So... With clients, helping them to understand and see, why are you eating? Why are you emotionally eating? Why are you emotionally drinking? Why are you emotionally sleeping all day? What's going on with you? Um, Really tapping into that, where it could be somebody could have lost their child and they felt like, I should have passed first. My child shouldn't have died. 
or it could have been molestation, physical abuse, sexual abuse. It's so many things that, you know, we sweep under the rug, you know, especially with women, our moms not being there for us in a way that we need them to be. And, you know, having to understand that sometimes our parents can only give us what they have because we really don't know what our parents have gone through. So we just know what we expect. So when it comes to clients, I work with those things of really tying into that if it's injuries, if it's, you know, trauma, whatever the case may be, to be able to move forward. Because sometimes we embed that so far and it can affect us physically where it can be uterine health. A lot of women suffer from fibroids. We suffer from endometriosis. We suffer from cysts. Um, infertility, so many things that impact us because we're holding on to that trauma. And trauma can be in different forms in your body. Like for me, like I said, it was in my knee. Um, so, you know, chronic illnesses, it's also a sign of trauma. Um, so it's our mindset of what we're telling because the first thing we do is when we have a bad day is what? Either we're going to find something to eat to make us feel better, something to drink to make us feel better, are we going to get high to make us feel better? Yes, I I definitely see how those those correlations are, are in terms of your mental stability, your instability rather, um, kind of leads to some of those those self soothing or self uh, satisfying type of um, indulgences, right? In food and. Yeah. In Drug, but entertainment as well too. Like you, I, I, you can see that. And I, you know, I wanted to connect to one of the points you made when you went back to, you know, your youth, right? And you spoke about being anorexic. I was not, you know, I, I, I connected with you on that because I can't say I was anorexic, but I constantly thought about all the different ways I could. Uh, reduce the amount of calories that I was eating because I was looking around at all of the women in my family, all of the women in my family. And all I saw was just obesity and women who were overweight. There weren't necessarily issues of fertility, but I know there was trauma there. And I know there was trauma because there were some stories my mother shared with me. And I was like, you went through that? And you're here. You know, and there are other parts of the story too, because, you know, my, my father was very much in my life, right? I had a stable household, um, both mother and father. And even then, you know, like he provided discipline, but that you always can, as an adult, you can look back and walk that journey and see where the gaps are and the holes are. And, you know, between zero and seven, are the most critical years, formative years for the brain, the mind, the emotional body. And many times the trauma we experience that sits with us, it it kind of happen between those years. And sometimes they kind of, they perpetuate or they linger and they dictate how we function and how we move. Um, I'll say that even now I am hyper, um, you know, observant about what I eat. I'm constantly paying attention to 
that waits, right? Because I see, I all I can see is my aunt, my grandmother, um, my, one of my grandmothers, and there's a lot of there. There isn't that passing down of the knowledge of the some of the um, diseases that are rampant in our family. You know, right. like I'm finding out about the risk of heart disease, you know, for the women in my family and high blood pressure and for the men as well too. But the focus is the woman because I'm I'm saying to myself, well, what's being passed on to me that I don't know about, right? And then I have to think about the next generation that comes after me. Mm. Yeah. So can you, you know, tell tell me a little bit about you know, in terms of that shifting and changing, because you talked about shifting and changing when it came comes to lifestyle, that overall fitness is important, but fitness is a very small amount, right? Mm-hmm. It's really what are you putting internally, right? What are you taking in? Not just food, but also what are you taking in mentally, psychologically? What are you opening up yourself to, you know? So talk, can you share a little bit about that, your approach and um, how you see the augmenting or the changing of the environment and the diet as an important part of um, getting to the root of your pro- the problem? So for me personally, I noticed that um, I don't watch the news. Um, certain negative things that's on social media, I don't feed into because it does affect your mental. Um, Being aware of that, where I had COVID last year and I did not watch the news at all. I was not on social media. When they talked about COVID, my symptoms were so lessened. It was a sinus headache. I get those every year. So of course, in the news, they talked about having severe fevers, coughing, um, loss of taste, loss of smell, you know, people ending up in the hospital, things like that. When you start watching that, your mind starts feeding into that and you start saying to yourself, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to be in the hospital. Oh my God, this and this and this is going to happen. It's about what you say to yourself, what you watch, what you listen to, what you feed into, it's all a part of your mental. And when you start taking in and feeding in that stuff, that affects you physically. It affects you spiritually and it affects you emotionally because your emotions become, I'm scared, I'm worried, I'm frustrated, I'm stressed, which goes to a fight and flight mode. Either you're going to fight and your body is struggling with it or either it's going to be a flight, you're not going to stress and you're not going to worry about it. And I knew I was going to be fine. I kept saying, oh, yeah, it's just sinus headache. I'm fine. Same thing approach I give to clients. What you feed into and what you allow people to say to you, and if you take it personally, it affects you. So most of the stress that comes from our day is work, family life, in personal life. So if you're having a bad day at work and you feed into what your supervisor says to you, what your coworkers say to you, that affects your whole day. Your whole mood becomes negative. Same thing with your family. If your spouse says to you, um, oh, you getting fat. Okay, 
that affects your mood and you start to feel unattractive. You start to feel that, okay, well, he's going to cheat. Um, he's going to end up finding somebody more attractive. What do I do? You feed into that. So one thing that a lot of people say to me, which I find is really funny, they say that I am very cocky and I'm, um, and I'm not cocky. I have one thing that you have to realize is if you don't appreciate yourself, if you don't think that you're beautiful and if you're sitting around waiting on somebody else to verify that for you, you are going to be in a bad place. So yes, I do think I'm beautiful. Yes, I do think I'm smart. Yes, I do think I am one of the best at what I do. Because God put us all in a position. It's a whole bunch of doctors, but guess what? It's always a doctor that's better than another doctor or a doctor that feels like they're good at what they do. So if you don't be confident in what you do, it will always bring you down and you don't feel like you're good enough. And I've been in a state of, you know, I always felt that I was good, but I'm really at a point now I believe and I know I'm good at what I do. I love what I do. I'm confident in what I do when it comes to clients, when it comes to myself and changing my lifestyle. So those are important things. It's being confident in yourself. If anybody tells you you conceded, that's the issue because that means that they're not really confident in in themselves, that they feel that they have to bring you down. One example, the little young girl who um, is the fastest woman in the U.S. Um, people are saying she's cocky. She's conceited. She's this and that. No, she's not. She knows she's good at what she does. God put her here to be one of the greatest runners ever. And I commend her for having that confidence because if you listen to so many people, they will bring you down and that's where the negativity starts is the chatter of outside people. So when you close that chatter out and you listen to whatever spirit God that you serve, and you believe in your heart and trust in your heart that you are deserving of the best and you're worthy, nothing can stop you. So it comes with mental, it comes with nutrition, it comes with physical, emotional, and spiritual. Yes, it's definitely, definitely holistic. You know, like there's a lot that you share that we can talk about. I wanted to um, build a little bit on just the leaning of on our own understanding, you know. Because I think sometimes, not I think, I know many times there's the, the connection with the mental instability, but also we do not focus on exploring at times what is the spiritual source and all things physical and mental, mental, so to speak, dawns in the spirit, right? So, you know, like that. That's a tricky area because, you know, we are in the era, especially conscious movement of, you know, like I lean on my own spirit guides or, I, you know, like I listen to myself. Well, I'm going to bring it to the gut brain connection. If you're eating the wrong things and you're sitting and souping and marinating in the wrong environment, the gut microbiomes can actually lean toward creating microbes right? Bacteria that increase 
obesity, right? That lends itself to triggers in the brain that to lead us to places of depression. So there's this, this, this crazy cycle of connection, right? The, and I think that's the holistic thing, but that's, the, that's what I find so fascinating about the gut and the brain. There's that influence that one has on the other consistently and you can stay stuck. So, you know, like I do think it's important to see the value that we all bring because the creator, they, the creator planted a perfect seed, right? It's what we do with the seed, like how we till the soil that we, you know, like that seed sits in. But we also have to be very careful about just leaning on spirit and not necessarily wise counsel because I think for many of us or, or many people who I encounter and even clients and customers, there is that wanting to sit in the realm of belief constantly or wanting to sit rather than actually exploring as you kind of pointed out, well, you definitely pointed it out, um, looking at old trauma looking at what it is that we're creating in our journey as opposed to, you know, like thinking about everything else that sits outside of us, right? So instead of making ourselves a victim and then still leaning on our own understanding, making sure that we engage in wise counsel. And many times the wise counsel will not be, as you said, a doctor. It may be that person who's able to marry whether you have to, what you have to do with the physical, what you have to do with your diet and what you have to do with the mental, right? Very important to think about it across the board. There's no separating. You know, I think we think about, you know, just making the physical look good. Let's do the exercise and, or we'll say, okay, let's just become a vegan. But there isn't that holistic approach where we think about, yeah, well, what am I doing spiritually? Am I engaging in mindful exercise? and meditation am i focused on you know building up my spirit as well as my physical body and my mental you know um so you know as you were saying that, that you know that's what I, I kept thinking about it and thinking about the scope of people i engage with many times and sometimes it's hard to identify that there is a problem we want to move forward without identifying wait hold on there is this function and some of it stems from it's ge their generational curses. And mm -hmm. um, part of breaking those generational curses is actually pausing on the timeline of this, the generations perpetuating that curse and saying, no, this is what it is. This is where it stops. But you have to be able to identify it within yourself even, you know, um, and be able to engage with others who are willing to help you identify. So it's not just, and I'm saying that to now say it's not just about self, but you have to be a part of a community. You have to be a part of a community where you can trust those around you who could say, no, this is the way this is done, right? These are the things that you need to fix or do. And you can't just lean on self because if you lean on self, which is very much conscious community or just I'm a fix myself without looking for those who are experts like yourself, experts like myself, people who have gone through those experiences and gone through the journey. You know, you talked about being at a space where you're anorexic, right? And then you're all of a sudden you're on the other side of the spectrum. 
I, I've talked about crawling on the floor, paralyzed, crippled, feeling like I can't move because of mindset as well, but also, yeah, environment, right? And what am I, what I'm consuming? And in order to overcome those things, you have to have a holistic approach, really have a holistic approach. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about your, um, your college years? What was one of the most empowering experiences for you? So my college years, the empowering experience was um, before I went to college, um, I wasn't really sure if I was going to go. And my sister took me to college. Um, That was, you know, definitely I appreciate her for that. And just being in a new state, (laughs) a new city. When my dad died, um, we didn't get to travel that much because um, my mom didn't drive. So either I did something with school or church. So being able to be around new people, being away from home, the experience of being on my own. But it was also some dark moments with that because the molestation was coming up. I started being very promiscuous and just sending myself in a dark and negative space of self-sabotage. And that's one thing people definitely have to be aware of is self-sabotaging yourself. The things you do, the things you say, the things you speak. And that was the path I was on. And literally, I stopped going to class. Um, I was sleeping all day. And literally, one day I was sleeping you know, God spoke to me and was like, stop. <laughs> and I was like, stop. So literally, I stopped being promiscuous. Um, you know, I stopped sleeping with different guys. And by the grace of God, no STDs, no HIV, no STIs. So I'm thankful for that. But sometimes that's not always someone's story. It could have been a different path of, you know, prostitution, um, going into pornography, things like that. And I was offered the opportunity of doing pornography. I was in a mall and a guy approached me and I was like, no. So just those things of being grateful of and learning from that experience because sexual assault and molestation does take you down a path of sometimes some people can't come back from. But I'm definitely grateful for the circle of people that I met in college that now we're really great friends. Um, I went through a time of semi-homelessness. I I was almost being evicted, but I still had a place. And I had friends that would let me come to their house and eat, would, um, you know, bring me food, things like that, because I had negative mindset around money. So, you know, growing up, your family having that same negative mindset where it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul, you just working to pay bills, those type of things. So I had to learn how to change my mindset literally in 2019 when it came to money to stop speaking negative of money, stop saying I was broke. I didn't have it, things like that. So that's important. Um, But I would definitely say my most positive and best experience is the people that I met, and they're definitely my support system, most of them to this day. Yes, so powerful when you had to lean on the, that group, right? Because 
goes back to community, right? It goes back to community, having that network, having that support system. You you remind me, have you ever seen um, White Underbelly? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness. So in White Underbelly, there is one um, young lady called Amanda. And I couldn't help it. I don't think anybody could help it. She was like the underdog. Um, and such a sad story. And pieces of your story reminds me of Amanda because, and she's a real person. So this is a documentary. It's not, you know, like a, a, a fictional character. Um, and she passed away early on this year, ju- last month, actually. Last month, I actually posted just a clip, a quick clip about her. And, uh, you know, a few people responding in the chat, they like they knew. The, the face immediately she the the um the the producer of white underbelly actually interviewed her probably two dozen times almost two dozen times just because he would actually pay them but you could see amanda and you heard her story she started off in college um but didn't realize that she had schizophrenia and or maybe she knew but was controlling it some other way but it, it it's crazy it led her through this long journey of homelessness and prostitution and I, you know i'm i'm hearing your story and i'm saying there's always a pivotal moment when there's a shift and a change and many times that change and that shift yeah you have to that the will is given to you to make that change. But that community, that support system is really important. And you could see she kind of functioned independently, right? She didn't have that support system. And many people, you know, when it comes to mental health, that becomes the the biggest part of the problem. It's that um, they don't have someone to lean on. Those who have you know, work with clients or even, you know, people who kind of say, Moksha, you know, tell me a little bit about this thing or help me here. The the, the reason they're coming is because there is no one else to go to, yeah. right? Or sometimes they'll suppress and they'll, they'll kind of say, no, you know, it's everything's okay or it's good, but you could see, right? You could see like there's a, a disconnect. You could see that there's a wanting of more. Um, and, and when you have that conversation, I guess that's why you can, when you have one-on-one with a, with a client or anyone, anyone who encounter, you're able to connect. And when you connect, you can see what it is that they need, you know, but at what you mentioned about that group of people, the network, it really makes a difference, huge difference. Huge difference. Definitely, because I think having a support system is very important, and it should be positive people. It should be people that's going to be honest with you, not people that's riding your coattail and always agreeing with you. And you know, nine times out of ten, you might be wrong on the topic. And they're like, no, it's okay, girl. That's fine. No, I have true friends that will tell me, Nah, Lejeune, you shouldn't have did it. You shouldn't have did that, or you could have did it differently, or you could have said it differently. And that's important because, you know, that's a true friend that's, you know, able to speak and they really care about you because they don't want to see you in a wrong. They don't want to see you make continuous mistakes, that they're speaking up on your behalf because they love you and they care about you. And that's definitely important. Um, You can definitely tell, you know, we were talking about people and energy. 
you can tell when somebody is having a bad day, it's just something about their energy. You can pick up on that something's wrong. And you have to think about it because sometimes I have to say to myself, do I want to feed into that energy today or not? And it's okay if you say, "Mm, not today because I'm feeling really good and I really don't want to have that energy pulled onto me. And it is, it's like literally like a magnet that it will change your energy. If somebody's positive and happy and you're around them, you like, oh, wow, I feel good. And then if you're around somebody who's a Debbie Downer and is always the woe is me, and it's like, oh, my God, it's draining. So being aware of that is definitely important. But, you know, you definitely want to have a support system that's people that are realistic that you can call on and you can talk to. Because sometimes it's not enough coaches, it's not enough therapists, it's not enough counselors. Having that friend you can call when you're having a bad day or, you know, you just need to talk or you're feeling lonely or whatever the case may be. That's definitely important. I, you know, that that's that's really important. I see I see that point there. They can't be enough and support people wrong. Um, And I mean, yeah, we'll. With a friend, you can definitely know you'll get the truth. And that's, you know, that's how you know that's a friend. They're authentic and, and the real of what's happening will come out them out, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't always, it doesn't really feel good. You know, as you were talking, I thought of um, the the idea. It's scriptural. It's it's a piece from the Bible. I don't know. I, I like Proverbs a lot. Um but there's a piece that talks about, you know, this is not it verbatim, but wisdom is, you know, ag- an aggravation to a fool, right? It's uh, That's what it's saying, basically, you know? So, you know, if you're getting wisdom and there's this sense of arrogance and so on, and you're not realizing that, you know, the person who's giving you truth that may be agitating the waters is actually the one actually saying, yeah, this needs to happen. This needs to change. Um, And that, that definitely affects us in terms of like mental health and mental stability, because if you're constantly living in a space where there isn't truth being reflected to you, then there's no growth. You know, you constantly stay in in that same place. And if you, you have people who are around you who kind of, accepting you staying in the same place there it's because they're not building they're not moving they're not growing and so y'all are all stagnant together <laughs> this is true y'all are all stagnant together and it's really important to that's a hard thing to swallow though that's a hard thing to have pointed out to you yeah um i i so can you hear me yeah Okay, so because there's like a little bit of um, noise or something in the background every now and then. But so what um, in terms of because I really wanted us to touch on the connection between gut and brain and how that, you know, affects mental health. Right. And, you know, when it comes to you also mentioned uh, stress. Right. And immediately I thought of cortisol. And cortisol levels affecting 
our stress and our ability to just stabilize, right? Because if you if you have an extenuating experience or a traumatic experience, you know, you talked about f- flight or fight. Um, and there's freeze. Someone explained to me, you know, there's flight or fight or freeze yeah. because you'll sit in that stagnation that I just talked about and just be there, you know, like <laughs> pond water. <laughs> but... <laughs> but you know i i think it's really important to think about you know just chemical makeup as well too and what's happening in our blood what's happening in our bodies and um i recently did a a, a youtube live where we talked about the blood trail is what i call it because um looking at our blood and our blood work is such an important part of being able to identify what macro and, and micronutrients are in our bodies but also what um, what do you call it? Um, markers are present, but also what chemicals are present in our bodies. And so if you see increases, is increased hormones such as cortisol, then what that will do is it will actually begin to help plateau even things like metabolism and functioning and so on. So I just find it interesting how all of these different chemicals in our bodies affect us. Um, the microbiome in our gut affects how we function and how we think. So there's there's this intricate connecting. Um, and I wanted to know if you could speak a little bit to that, right? In terms of just from a nutritional perspective. Hey, I can also speak on it on a professional, on a personal perspective. Um, I did a cortisol test last year, um, and it was from morning. You did one morning, lunchtime, dinner time, and before bed. So at morning, it was high. <laughs> at lunchtime, it was normal, and dinner time and bedtime, it was high. And I didn't really realize how it does. It does affect you because it causes bloating. It causes abdominal weight gain around your stomach. If you're wondering, especially women, why you have a gut and you can't get rid of it, it's your stress level, your cortisone levels. Um, every time you're more stressed out, it increases and it causes so much health issues from chronic illnesses, from um, migraines. So um, definitely, it's definitely important to be conscious of your stress level and how you're able to manage your stress level. Because for another example, if you have issues with releasing fecal waste, what happens? You have a headache. You become moody. Those are all things that's high in your your uh, gut and your mind ties in together. So those are things to definitely be aware of. And one of the things of IBS and constipation is stress. (laughs) So stress plays a huge part of your bowel movements, headaches, things like that. It all ties in together. Um, I also tell my clients to be aware of their stress. Because one thing they'll say with all women, I can't lose my stomach. Okay, what is your stress like? What's going on? Because your cortisol levels are high. So we need to figure out how you can release it. Either it's through meditation, either it's through journaling, 
either, you know, you're taking a walk, working out, those type of things, finding a coming and peaceful place for you. Um, so that's something I had to personally work on is bringing it down because I noticed that, you know, when mine's the highest right now is when I'm driving. Mine is high because I've been in accidents. So another thing to pay attention to, where's your shoulders? If your shoulders are up here, you're in stress mode, you're in freeze mode, you're like fighting, you're becoming stressed, frustrated and worried. So pay attention to that. Pay attention to your breathing. Your breathing also affects your gut, your overall oxygen that you're holding, and your mental because it ties in together. Your stomach, your mind, you're holding your breath. You know, you're cutting off oxygen. You, you can't really process and think. So those are things that we all have to definitely pay attention to. So it's also males as well, men as well. So, you know, they stress out too. So um, that's how gut health ties in together, you know, paying attention to how we're chewing our food. We're always on a go, go, go. We're not chewing our food properly. We're like literally putting it in our mouth and chewing three times and we're done. Well, and we're eating, we're eating and working. And, exactly. and, and in reality, there should be an allotted time during the day for you to actually sit and eat. And, you know, I remember when I was younger, I used to stand at the counter eating and my father would say, sit down. He would consistently say, sit down. Why Why are you eating at the counter like you're on the, in a rush or something, you know? Um, but you you mentioned, let, let's get down to the business. Why was the correct, why did, did you identify why there was a variation in the cholesterol levels during lunchtime? Were they lower because... You ate at lunchtime and the eating a lot appeased you. It's it was satisfying, but it was also um pleasing, right? Because I, I that's one of the things that will kind of cause cortisol levels to reduce in the dawning. You're anxious anxious. I'm I'm breaking it down for you. I'm asking you, but I'm telling you too. <laughs> So definitely, um, I, I do have a habit of missing breakfast. Um, that does play a part because, you know, we've seen the Snickers commercial where, you know, uh, somebody turns into like a famous character and they're really moody and upset or whatever. It does take a toll because when you're hungry, it affects your mood. When you're sleepy, it affects your mood. When you're grumpy and whatever's going on emotionally with you, it affects your mood, your mood, your body, your emotions, it affects you. So probably the situation in the morning was I didn't have breakfast. During lunchtime, when I took it, I ate. So that was the difference. Um, when it was close to dinner time, it was probably something that had happened that affected my mood. Um, when it was bedtime, it was could be in, I was sleeping, I was tired, you know, definitely affects your mood. So I think those things played a part um, in doing the cortisol test and those were the results of it. All right, good, good. That's good. That's good to know. You know, it's the, there's a beauty in being able to, again, do those tests and the panels and be able to assess what's going on with the body. Because the truth is the very first healer of, of this body is myself. Right. And I say that for everyone, study yourself, study your body, the mental, the physical, you know, 
the spiritual. You talked about breathing. Yeah, meditation is such an important part of, you know, just any type of routine, especially for women who are middle-aged and older because cortisol levels can will increase naturally once you get to 40 right? And even heading into 40, it, it increases, right? And so then there's certain th- other hormones and things that p- begin to plateau. So that's where sometimes that as well, that gut and that st- struggle with metabolism and increasing metabolic rates and so on comes from and incorporating meditation and paying attention to breath work is such a, a, a helpful tool, you know, such a helpful tool. But again, assessing the body, assessing the self, what foods are you finding yourself allergic to now? Because that will increase your your stress levels as well, because your body is having like reactions to what you're ingesting, you know, and even I'm going to go back to the gut again, even reduced levels of enzymes can actually cause you to have a um reactions to foods right i i think i we talked about kale before like there's some foods where your enzymes and the microbiome isn't as varied and when it isn't as varied you don't have the enzymes that can help you to break down certain foods that stresses out the body you break out you you feel constipated you feel uncomfortable and as you said those all of those things affect brain function and mood and emotions and and so on Definitely, definitely. Um, especially with um the breathing, because you know, I used to have issues with irritable bowel syndrome and gastritis, and it's also what you're eating. I used to eat horribly. I used to eat a lot of fried foods, a lot of processed foods, and you know, eating that stuff, how it affects the lining of your stomach medicines that you take um because i used to have a habit of taking medicines without eating first i would just pop it to get it over with and that affects you so being aware of you know making sure you're reading the directions on the medicine if it says take with food or take it 30 minutes after you eat or before you eat or something like that pay attention to that because it does affect your stomach so when your stomach doesn't feel good what's the first thing that happens you have a headache, you start to feel nauseous. So those things are definitely important because I've experienced it when I talk to clients, literally had a client yesterday, she didn't eat enough during her workout. She felt nauseous and I told her, hey, when we work out again, because we're doing high intensity workouts, when you work out again, make sure you're eating enough because your body is in a state of, I don't have the energy. I feel sick. And her head started hurting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 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 And even, you know, there's just so much because we could then start talking about, you know, calorie restriction and how that works. But then even that can become a problem because your body plateaus and you there's always you kind of have to change and switch it up so that the body doesn't get accustomed to patterns. and Yes, some people tend to do calorie restrictions. And even then, at a certain point, it becomes you you get to the point where your body has adjusted. But then now it's it's almost as if you're starving it. And if you're starving it, that it just gives you the opposite, you know, the opposite results of what you really want. 
right? I really appreciate this conversation, this dialogue and getting to know you. Um, I like the fact that you shared um, some of your struggles and so on, because, you know, that really helps us whenever we share our stories, it helps others to connect, right? It really does. So thank you for being here in our sovereign space. And um, if there's, I would like you to tell us how we can connect to you and tell us about any additional experiences that you are creating for um, your clients self, or for the community that you'd like us to participate in. Okay, so um, definitely wanted to say about how you said I'm sharing my story. I think a lot of us get embarrassed or ashamed when it comes to our story and our past. It doesn't define you. It You learn from it, you grow from it, and you teach and educate other people how to overcome those things. So that was the purpose of Lejeune Singleton LLC, because my story of being honest of my struggles a lot of other women struggle with. And we either don't deal with it at all, or we bury it, or we don't know how to deal with it. So that's what I do. I help people deal with it to become better, to become healthier, and to become happier with themselves and not try to find happiness and joy and peace through other people, because you can't find it through others if you don't have it within yourself. Um, right now, um, in July, I will probably have a virtual event. I'm still working on the dates and getting the people together in the days and the times and things like that, because, you know, I definitely like to respect other people's time because we're busy. We're back out in the world. So people are trying to enjoy that. That's realistic. <laughs> um, but I do have group exercises. If anybody wants to join that, you can go to my website, lejunesingleton.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, Lejune Singleton. If you definitely, you know, need help with mindset, health coaching, nutrition, personal training, please contact me. Um, it doesn't matter your age. I have a client currently who's 70. And she's like, oh, she want, she want her body back. So definitely it's never a too young age or a too old age as long as you're ready to make that lifestyle change. All right. All right. All right. And you are on Instagram and on YouTube as well. Or yes. I'm on YouTube as well. Uh, my YouTube page is Lejeune Singleton. Um, you can go there as well. Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, Lejeune Singleton. Beautiful. This was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And back now. <laughs> All right. Thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome.